Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Cavalry Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. Okay, welcome to another Set for Life. I'm here again with Mike. He's with us at the Set for Life Studios, <laughs> which is basically two mics mounted to a, ca- a table. <laughs> but I call it a studio. What hey, do you think? why not? Uh, it's, it's a studio to me. Yes, sir. So we're glad to have everybody here again, and we're thankful for all the play counts we get when we have the guest edition where somebody besides just me is talking. For some reason, y'all like it when Mike is here and when somebody else is talking besides just me. What are they saying about me, Mike? Well, I don't know, but I get to listen to you weekly, which I think is invaluable. The regular teachings that you do at church that you put out and you do share on Set for Life Radio, I think are critical for Bible-believing Christians these days and people who are looking for more than just, you know, things that are hopeless in the world or empty or whatever i think the truths that you cover for us and you dig and he believe me for all of you who are listening pastor ray jensen digs the word of god uh he spends many hours i dig it and i he, dig it yes he dig and he digs so i appreciate him personally and and as far as a pastor because he does genuinely look to see what the true word of god is saying not only for himself and us as a congregation, but when he shares with those who listen and for the brothers and sisters in Christ around the world to share these uh, these truths. Well, I appreciate that. The word of God never returns void. You know, Mike, one time I had this guy tell me, he goes, Ray, you you don't teach like a pastor. You teach like a Bible college student. And I said, because that's what I was for four years. I was a Bible college student. Right. right. <laughs> and they told us how to dig this stuff up. And that's mm-hmm. what I do. And, you know, that's just it. So, um, you know, I've also had people that that's not the way you preach the word of God. Well, how do you how do you do it? How do you preach it? You preach it like I do. And oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Well, uh, yeah. OK. Uh, it's line by line. You're hearing the word of God. And that's it. So, guys, thank you all for listening. And uh uh, thank you for dealing with my redneckisms. I'm from Texas, fifth generation Texan. And for those of you who are not, there's always forgiveness, okay? <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I just say it as I can say it. Some of those Hebrew names really chew me up, Mike. I can't always say them. Uh-huh. Uh, it took me a while to say, oh gosh, what was his name? Ahasuerus. Uh-huh. And I probably even messed that up. King Ahasuerus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can say hallelujah. That's a, that's some <laughs> Hebrew I can do. But anyway. Here we are today again, and uh, me and Mike got to talking about the fact that we love the fact that um, the Lord Jesus gives us peace. Right. He gives us peace. Mike, I couldn't sleep at night. And I don't mean just a kind of a peace of, okay, turn the lights off, get the fan blowing, uh, you know, put on some background music kind of peace. I'm mm-hmm. talking about inner deep peace. That means you're not all 
bent up and stressed and depressed mm-hmm. and, and messed up all the time. It's a peace that gives you comfort beyond the comforts of the world. Mm-hmm. And Mike, I think that only comes from one place, doesn't it? Yes. Who, who does it come from? Well, it comes from the presence and the love of God within us through the Holy Spirit that it's more than the absence of trouble. That's not the kind of peace we're talking about. It's an assurance. It's a knowledge within us of the love of God, the, that we can trust him and that he is pure and holy and he will watch over us. And again, doesn't mean an absence of trouble or trial in our lives, but that he is always present there to be with us. Mike, how many people do you think claim to trust the Lord or so they will say so? Yeah, I trust in God. Yeah, I, I believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. But the way they're living their life proves they really don't. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, and our action, like they, the saying goes, actions speak louder than words. When it really, the rubber meets the road and things really get real in your life, how do you deal with it? Right. Do you try to do it all on your own? Do you run to everyone else except the Lord first? You know, are we praying? And it makes me think of King David when he was, uh, God was preparing him to be the king of Israel. Every time before he faced something, he inquired of the Lord. Does our trust in God that's supposed to bring peace, are we inquiring of him regularly in areas in our life? You know, a lot of the people, I'm so glad I found Jesus, so glad I found him. Well, I gave my life to the Lord. And they say, you know, uh, nobody gets to date me unless they are in the Lord. Nobody gets to marry me unless they're in the Lord. And Mm -hmm. then you see them go off into worry and drama and trouble and and all these anxieties. And it's just like, wait a minute, did you say you were trusting in the Lord Mm -hmm. or they worry and they come to you and they say, Oh, I don't don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do about this. And I've got this going on. How do I, and they're just distraught. Mm -hmm. And wait a minute, are you trusting in the Lord? Well, yeah. Well then why are you, you see there's, it's oil and water shouldn't mix kind Mm -hmm. of, kind of a thing that they're, they're, they're really worried about. So I catch myself getting the same way. Mm-hmm. I let things get to me, but I have to come snap back to it. Mm-hmm. That the Lord offers me peace, yeah. and I think that's an important thing to talk about. I mean, gosh, today people are looking at politics, mm-hmm. and they're getting all bent out of shape. Oh, this president, we can't stand him. Oh, we got to get him out, and mm-hmm. he's going to ruin the country. And everybody's all bent up. Oh, they're going to take all our money. Wait a minute. What about the Lord? Mm-hmm. What about peace in the Lord? I think it's very, very important. Mike, I think we have a verse here that we want to read to everybody mm-hmm. in John sixteen thirty three. Uh, what does that say, Mike? It says, and this is the Lord speaking, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It's nice to know that he let us he let us know early tribulations right. going to come. He didn't say it might. Right. What does it say? It says you will. <laughs> uh-huh. And you know, I've the those who may teach that or think that the Bible promises a lack of trouble, a oh. lack of of stress, Not or even. absence of it. Uh, it doesn't. No. He says, "Look, you know, you will have tribulation." So he told you ahead of time, but why did he say to take heart? Because he had overcome the world. You know, it, uh, something that shocks me, some, well, I don't know why it shocks me. Uh, I'm talking to somebody about the gospel, and they seem to want it. They mm-hmm. seem to like they are really wanting it. But as soon as they get through the accept Jesus part, 
the first thing they say is, so when are all my problems going to go away? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, wait, wait a minute. Did you say this prayer just for the problems to go away? Or did you say it to accept Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Wh- which was it? Is it to get rid of the problem so you can be free and go do what you want? Or is it so you can accept Jesus and go do what he wants? And it always it kind of troubles me a bit when people say right after, okay, so when do my problems go away? It's like mm-hmm. it's like they're not even on track with salvation and eternity mm-hmm. and the blessing of God. It's just, when do my problems go away? Right. Because I got agendas I got to do. I got things. Wait a minute. You need to follow the Lord. But what I like here is how he said in the world, you will have tribulation. Mm-hmm. It's going to be here. There, there's no way you can live on this earth and not have trouble. But that's the peace he's trying to offer is that, hey, but even though the tribulation's there, I overcame the world. Right. He's got this. Well, he himself, when he was here, look at the life of our Lord for teaching the true kingdom of God, the true gospel, and the true word of God. People hated him. They hated his guts. They wanted to kill him. You know, we from, want to do what we want to right. do. They, he's so messed with their tradition of the day and their way of living of the day that they wanted to, you know, his own hometown, I think, wanted to throw him off a cliff yeah. in one time. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like tribulation. Yeah. But he went beyond that. He wasn't sent here to fulfill their tradi- idea of tradition or their idea of what Messiah should be. He was here to do the will of his father. And that's how he said he overcame the world by his death, burial, and resurrection and promise coming return. So he says, hey, look, for now you're going to have tribulation, but I have overcome the world. And there's much more to that, but we're not discussing all that uh, right at the moment. You know, something that really comes across my mind is how Peter wanted to walk on the water to Jesus Christ. And he got out and he walked and he was walking okay and doing just fine until he saw the wind. Probably looked at the waves and all the problem, okay, the tribulation, the trial, the bad things going on, and then he sank into it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was right there. It's like, hey, hey, uh, eyes up here, buddy. <laughs> He's yeah. like, reach out and grab my hand. You a little faith, why do you doubt? It, it's, so it wasn't long after that, they got to shore. And w- when I realized when you're on shore, who cares if there's waves? Because <laughs> yeah. you're on shore now. Just right. stand on shore and look at the waves. Hey, waves, you can't touch me. I'm on the shore now. Mm-hmm. But Peter had a real moment where he had to determine he had to, he got his he got his focus in the wrong place. He had mm-hmm. to get his focal discipline back on. The waves were still there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say Jesus flattened the waves off yet. Mm-hmm. The waves were still there. The wind was still crazy. Peter had to learn to focus mm-hmm. and look at Christ. And yeah. that's I think mm-hmm. a Christian's issue here is they think Christ is supposed to just make all the problems disappear and it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. What we're supposed to do is focus all our spiritual everythingness, whatever you want to call it. I'm being just me here today. I'm not being overly theological right now. <laughs> uh, it, it's a lazy day, y'all. Anyway, it's the intention is to get us to look at Christ, to get the mm-hmm. look at the Lord. Oh, when's my problems going away? No, no, no. Wait a minute. You're missing the point. If you will look at Jesus, even though the problems are still there, you will walk above them. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to shore, who cares if the problems are still there? You're on shore mm-hmm. now. So what? And so now I look at Psalm 4 and 8, and it's with that discipline of learning how to concentrate on the Lord that you can do this. Psalm 4 verse 8. It says, in peace, 
I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And, you know, there is a point, even though there, he said in the New Testament that we would have tribulation, there is a sense of, of when we are following God's ways, when we walk in the righteousness and holiness of God through Jesus Christ, there is a supernatural safety that he puts over our mind, our heart. and Despite even, what's going on. Right. And even our daily lives. The, the Bible's full of times that he took care of his people beyond the events that were going on. Now, persecution is another thing. He allows, you know, seasons of persecution happen over history, and which is a whole nother subject. But even then, those people had such their heart and mind set on the Lord that they trusted him even to the point of death. Yeah. Of the martyrs, of course, I'm speaking. But, th- and this, the, the psalmist is like you're saying, is when he slept at night, it's like, Lord, know my problems. And I'm just thinking what he may have been meditating on as he wrote this. All my troubles may not be resolved. I may have enemies roundabout, things that I'm dealing with, you know, other countries attacking my kingdom, etc. But I will dwell in safety. I will rest in the fact that you are my king. And th- this being King David, he was helped by the Lord many, many times supernaturally by many resources and many people over over his lifespan as he walked with God. So hopefully, similarly, we don't do what Peter did and get our eyes on the waves and yeah. not on the Lord. Like you said, I like that point that you made. It's not that the fact that the waves go away, they'll, they'll pass eventually. But during the season of the waves, where are we focusing? Are we focusing on the fact that, oh no, God, why did you allow these waves in my life? You know, why are they there? Or are we looking at, hey, I will be with you always. I will be your strength. I will be your peace. Trust in me. I have overcome the world. If I really, really trust God who gave his son and his life for me, and I've truly given him my life, do I trust him with it? Mm-hmm. So it comes down to that. Even if on this boat, if I capsize and my, my days are over, if it's time for me to go, the question becomes, do I trust him? Yeah. And will I trust him with those that I leave behind? And I, I Ray, one time I was actually in the hospital for something. I had become very sick and I was, I felt like I was fading in and out. I literally felt like I was slipping out in my spirit mm. and I was praying. I was conscious and if I could pray within myself, I couldn't speak. And I was, my eyes were closed. And the experience I had though was the thing I thought about was my wife. And I, I said, Lord, I was praying and I was meditating with my heart. If it's time for me to go, I know you'll take care of my wife. That's the trust. I'm, and I'm not saying, oh, look at me, but that's just an example. Yeah. I had to come to that point. Right. I mean, I had, you know, I felt like I literally was slipping out. And I'm thinking, is it my time? Yeah. I'm that close that I've had to think about that moment. And I found my answer in my heart was, Lord, if it is, one, I know where I'm going yeah. because of my faith in you, not because of what I've done, because of my faith. But you will take care of my wife. If it is lit, I, and are we at that point in it? You know, that didn't come easy. I've been walking with the Lord going on in a couple of years, will be 40 years. It's not an automatic thing or thought process. You have to learn to trust in the Lord over time and in situations. And I think those trials, like you just spoke of, the waves, so to speak, uh, the trial in our life is designed to, to refine and improve and strengthen our test trust it, in Him. Test it, right. Uh, I like how we just read in peace, I will both lie down and sleep. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a lot of people that can lie down at night, mm-hmm. but they won't sleep right, <laughs> because right. their head's running a million miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? That's a red flag, friends, that there's something wrong 
with your trust in the Lord God when you are so worried to death that you can't even sleep at night. Mm-hmm. I know some people they can't even eat. They can't they, they can't rest. They're strained. It's this is not going to do anything to you but put you in the grave early. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But it says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety, which is what you were just talking about, Mike. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're gonna the Lord will make you dwell in safety. It's up to you whether you're going to trust that. Right. Uh, you've got to trust it. It's only going to hurt you if you don't. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we kind of knocked on Peter a little bit before, mm-hmm. you know, staring at the waves and the, the wind and all that right. stuff. But I want to give Peter a little credit here, okay? Because later on in his life, he got thrown in prison and he was asleep. And the angel come in to wake him up and had to kick him to wake him up. Okay. Now, excuse me, Mike. If somebody was going to throw me in prison tonight, I don't think I'd be sleeping too good. You'd be banging on the bars okay. with a cup. It's like, <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. You know, I'd be flipping out. It's like, who are these guys in the cell with me? Are they going to beat me up? Or, you know, I would be bothered. I'm, I'm taken out of my routine. I'm not mm-hmm. at home with my puppy dog, you know, and all uh-huh. this stuff. I'm yeah. bothered by this. Well, mm-hmm. Peter's just, he's asleep. Mm-hmm. The angel had to come kick him. Hey, dude, get up. <laughs> I'm trying to get you out of here. Let's go. And, um, you know, for the guy that was scared of the waves and the wind before, now he's in prison and he's that far asleep. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like you said, I'll have to turn this over to my wife. Peter's like, hey, you know what? I'm in prison. God's got this. I'm going to bed, man. I'm just Mm going to renew my energy. He went to sleep. Angel had to kick him to wake him up. So, (laughs) And the point, you know, and uh, not part of the, but like I said, not picking on Peter too much, but how many got out of the boat to walk on the water? Yeah, yeah. One, one yeah. out of twelve. I could just see Peter. The- hey, looking back at the rest of the other guys. <laughs> hey, I at least got out. Y'all didn't do anything. Yeah. So you know, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep. I mean, you really gave it up to the Lord, like you said in your story. Take care of my wife if it mm-hmm. comes to this, right? So okay, in Isaiah thirty-two and verse seventeen, it says, "And the effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever." Man, Mike, I see a lot of elements in this that says there's something wrong with our culture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the effects of of righteousness. You know, it almost seems like an old-fashioned word. You know, yes. you say it, and like like people look at you weird, like righteousness. What are you talking about? Oh, sounds well, so biblical. Yeah, and but but look at some of the effects. Do you like peace? Well, yeah, okay. Even people that aren't in peace want peace. Mm-hmm. They right. they okay. You flip on the the TV show. They got some housewife show where all these women are just killing each other, going on, calling each other names. Uh, the result of their righteousness is supposed to be quietness. And if you're not quiet, I mean, you've just got to go at it with people. I mean. Somebody says something to you, well, by goodness, I'm going to say something back. They ain't going to tell me that. Oh, no, 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 no. The effect of righteousness will be peace, and the result of righteousness is quietness. Oh, man, those words right there alone says a lot about mm-hmm. what our culture is really doing because there's no peace. Everybody's arguing with everybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. We got Republicans and Democrats, conservative, liberal. Neither side is backing down, and they're going to fight the other one to the death, okay? And it's just going to destroy everybody along the way. And everybody hates the other side. They won't sit down and talk because there is no peace. Mm -hmm. And because there's no peace, what's wrong with that? There's no righteousness. Mm -hmm. Where's the righteousness? If there was righteousness in this country, like we keep claiming, Mm -hmm. oh, the United States was founded on Christian principles. Okay, well, it might have been. But it abandoned those principles a long time ago. 
the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust for five minutes. Doesn't say that. No, it says trust forever. Forever. And again, trust for the Lord, not for just the here and now. Again, not that all our difficulties and troubles will going to be resolved and everything's hunky-dory. And And trust while things are going well for me. Yeah. It's not (laughs) conditional. I will trust you no matter what. And makes that uh, scenario always makes me think of um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were told by the king that if you don't bow down to this statue of me and worship it, we're going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And they said, so be it. We trust that God will, you know, he'll rescue us from the the fiery furnace. But if not, we will still trust. And you know, Mike, when they just stood there, Mm -hmm. I don't think they marched up and down and shouted, I'm going to write my congressman. I'm going to, you know, none of this stuff that people do today. Oh, you just try to make me bow. I'll show you. I think they probably just stood there. Mm-hmm. They, I would probably be right. praying. Maybe they were praying with each other. They, they weren't getting all dramatic like we right. would probably do today. But the, guys, there are certain things that righteousness will produce. Right. It will. It will happen, uh, it, and and it has to be followed to the biblical formula that right. says the way it's going to go. If you have righteousness, this is what's going to happen. And friend, let me. Let me, those of you listening, if you're having a problem trusting God, and believe me, I've been there, and sometimes I get there, but if you want to have true peace in the Lord Jesus Christ, first off, you got to accept him, right, Mike? you gotta, right. you got to accept him truly as mm-hmm. Lord. And what that means, Lord, is he runs everything. Right. There's the trust element. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go to sleep at night, oh, how am I going to pay the rent? What am I going to do about my health, this, that, and the other? Oh, what am I going to do? You let God deal with it. You let the Lord deal with it. You already know you can't deal with it. It's already beyond you. And there's a reason it's beyond you. Mm-hmm. It's so that you will put your trust in the Lord God. That is the effect of righteousness. And you don't have to get mad and cut people down and chew them out and go go to war with everybody to get what you want mm-hmm. for your peace. You know what? When you trust in the Lord, Mike, you can afford to be quiet. Mm-hmm. You don't have to raise raise the roof off the house to try to get things done because the Lord's going to deal with it, isn't he? Yeah, and the very word righteousness, you know, you mentioned being a true, making Jesus our true Lord and Savior. And part of that, say, our righteousness becomes from His righteousness. It's not it's of not, our own. It's not our own. It's it not comes that, from Him. It's not that I'm a good person. It's like not a branch that, off of vine. Right, right. Because I accept that cleansing blood from the Lord to forgive me and cleanse me of all my unrighteousness, that He is my righteousness. So even though this is an Old Testament scripture, the new covenant that was made fulfilled by his death, burial, and resurrection again, that we could be free from our sin and be righteous before him or made right before him by that sacrifice. And from the result, again, is finding this peace and trust that, hey, this guy died for me. He Mm, died to pay for the penalty of my eternal death sentence, basically, because of my sin, my sin nature. Can you trust somebody like that? If and you know a lot of you military folks, and again for those who are military, we appreciate your service and your your dedication, and those who have risked their lives on the front lines. But if you have some uh, somebody who served with you and they risk their life for you, it's like you trust that person. You see very strong bonds of trust between military personnel, especially if they were active duty in uh, in a in front lines out of war. 
um, this is similar here that Jesus gave, literally gave his life for us. Is that somebody you can trust? I would think so. Yes, absolutely. He, you know, the, the king of all creation, God almighty came down in flesh to do this for us, to die. Why would you not trust this guy? Why would you not trust him to do that? Because he he did so much, and we're having mic trouble today. <laughs> we're trying to fix microphones from swinging away from us. It was such a such a moment. There we go. Uh, uh, it, uh, sometimes the mics try to swing away, but he he came and died for us. You can trust him in that. And one thing about peace, Bible says, and uh, maybe Mike can dig it up for me while I'm looking ahead. That blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. If you want to be a son of God, which means you are adopted into the family by God, you've got to be a peacemaker. Too many people are not being peacemakers. They're war makers. And they're fighting with each other. And they're learning that from the TV set and from movies. Somebody pops off at you, pop off back. I'm not going to take that. Well, listen to me what I think you are. (laughs) Just go to war. That's not a peacemaker. A peacemaker is exactly what it is. It's a peacemaker. You have differences with somebody, you at least try to make peace with them. I've got to face that later today myself. <laughs> it's making peace with people. If I'm going to be a son of God, Mike, that's some of the things I've got to do. If I'm a, a genuine believer in Messiah Jesus, that is what I'm going to do. Mike, did you find the verse? What is that one? Um, this comes from the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. Amen. The peacemakers are going to be sons of God. So you got to look at your life and and which way are you going? Are you always in the drama? You know, Mike, I have a simple way to look at this. There's people always tell me I'm so sick of drama. I'm so sick of drama. But the people that tell me that are the people who are always in drama. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a way for this. Here's a good way to look at it. Okay, y'all, hear me out. The best way to not be in drama is to not be in drama, okay? (laughs) If you don't like it, get out of it. If you're in it, it's because you choose to be in it. But if you're going to be a peacemaker, you're going to do everything you can to make peace with people. That Mm -hmm. is an effect of righteousness, is the peace. And um, before I move on to Isaiah 52 and 7, uh, you look like you got a thought. Oh, no. Okay. I'm just trying to read Mike's face, and I'm not as good at reading you as I thought I was. That's fine. So uh, Isaiah 52 and 7, you want to read that, Mike? Um, It reads, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Yeah, you know, we're proclaiming peace, Mike. Mm. That's the whole, guys, you who are listening to me, hear me, hear me, hear me. If you don't hear nothing else, if you're daydreaming while you're driving or whatever it is you're doing right now, at least hear this. We are trying to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to you. That is the whole purpose. That's the whole vision, the whole everything of this podcast, of this entire ministry that we do, is to proclaim the good news, which means gospel of Jesus Christ, how you can be saved. It's proclaiming peace. Right. How beautiful. Those who bring the gospel, the good news, who proclaim peace, and who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. And there's salvation in no one else but Jesus Christ. I know that sounds intolerant. I know it sounds narrow. There's a reason they call it the narrow way. Friends, you got to understand, we've got this wide, wide 
culture that says anything goes and anything that goes in opposition to that, anything that looks narrow, well, there has to be something wrong with it. But that's exactly the way the gospel is, because the only way is through Jesus Christ. And we're trying to proclaim that good news. That's what we're trying to do. It is a it is a gospel of peace. And friend, if you don't have any peace in your life, if you're strained, if you feel like you're being choked out, you're almost out of energy. It's like you you cannot lay down and sleep at night, as the verse says, without peace. It just it's driving you up the wall and you just can't get control of it, friend. You never will. Then listen to what I'm about to tell you. I am here to proclaim peace to you. Peace that surpasses all understanding, and that peace is in Messiah Jesus. But the only way you're going to get it is if you turn your trust over completely, all the way, all the way. When I married my wife, she gave herself to me completely. Mm -hmm. I gave myself to her completely. I didn't give part of myself. I didn't say, you get me on Monday night, but uh, Tuesday through the rest of the week, I'm going to spend the night with whoever else I want to. I mm-hmm. gave myself to her totally mm-hmm. every night. I'm here in this house with her and she's with me. That's that's the way it looks like with Jesus Christ. You got to give yourself to him. And some of you think you gave your life to Jesus, but you didn't give it all the way. And that's why you don't have any peace. Right? There's a way to do it, mm-hmm. is to give them their life. Mike, what can people do? Uh, let me read real quick. Uh Isaiah 53 and 5, and a lot of be, a lot of people skip chapter 53 uh, when they go through the book of Isaiah. So listen to this. It's talking about the Lord. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, which is our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. That means the punishment you and I were supposed to take, he took. Mm-hmm. What brought us peace, he paid for with a very astronomically high price. It was a very chaotic, barbaric price. Right. What can people do, Mike? They can realize that it's something you don't earn or do yourself. Your natural mind. He did it. Yeah. He finished it. As he, matter of fact, he said, it is finished when he was on the cross. It is a finished, paid for work. You don't have to reach in your pocket, get your credit card. You don't have to start making the list of, I have to do this and can't do that. That's a, that's a result of it. You don't want to do those things because your heart's changed. But our iniquities, our punishment, he took upon that cross. Don't pick it up yourself. Don't try to do it on your own thinking, oh, I got to do this and oh, I got to do that. We so naturally want to gravitate towards that and, and do it ourselves. You're never going to have true peace right. unless you... Totally give it over. And yet this this idea that I got to do part of it, friend, that's exactly why you don't have peace. The, the effect of righteousness, you're going to have peace. You're going to be able to mm-hmm. lay down and sleep. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> if you don't have that, something's wrong. Red mm-hmm. flag. Yeah, it's faith in the completed work. So because in the New Testament, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So to actually please him, we need to put faith in this completed work he's talking about. Now, there's a lot. On top of, as a result of this, there's things that we, our, our, our minds are changed. We learn how to walk with him. We're renewed by the washing of the water of the word. There is a process, but it begins. If you don't have the very source of this, the beginning of it, you'll find that trying to do all those other things, you're going to be doing them on your own. You may even know them in the Bible, but if you're trying to do it in your own strength without his Holy Spirit, you're doing uh, the caboose before the, the engine, the train engine per se. You're trying to do it backwards. Cart before the horse. Right. 
Faith in the completed work will result in different areas of your life, mentally, psychologically, emotionally, relationally. It will affect because your heart changes. Your faith is not in yourself or in the things of the world, which are temporal and fallen and, you know, not don't really fix the source of it. But everything else, um, I think there's he said in uh, Matthew that. Uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness, and not yours. And all these things will be added unto you. He's, he's, he think he's uh, teaching the Beatitudes. And he said, it will be added to you. So all those, those little things in your life, he's not saying ignore them. Don't act like they're not there. But he said, all these things you're concerned about, they'll be added to you as you seek the kingdom first in every area of your life. And his righteousness in every area of your life. And I like how he said they will be added to you. He doesn't say, seek first the kingdom, and then I'll let you go get the rest. He said, seek first the kingdom, and they mm-hmm. will be added to you. In other words, right. I'll give you the rest. And All that other stuff, I'll, just, I'll dump in your lap, but you've right. got to look for the kingdom first. And it's like trusting your dad that when you're a child, that he's going to help provide for you, in a sense. It is an example. Yeah. But I trust my dad was going to provide for me. And I realize a lot of you may not have the ideal father. I'm not talking about that. But a good father... You can trust in that you have faith. Hey, dad's going to bring home groceries. Dad's going to pay for this. He's going to give me a place to live. He's going to, you know, give me good advice. And that's an example of what we're talking about. Matter of fact, the reason why they say declare Jesus as Lord is if any of you remember the feudal system, a Lord owned everything. He owned the land. He owned all of it, the forest, the crops, and he let the people live on his land. He says, you can chop down my trees. You can grow my crops for me, and I'll let you have as much as my trees as you want. You can have all the food you want, but it's mine. You do it for you handle my stuff, but you can use it for your life. That's why you why we declare Jesus as Lord. Mm-hmm. It's all his. Nothing's yours. Mm-hmm. Everything the, the money in your back pocket, the car in your driveway, the house you live in, it's all his. But if you will use it for him, he'll let you use it. Mm-hmm. And we start forgetting that he's Lord and we start thinking that well, this belongs to me. This is mine. Mm-hmm. I got this. Yeah. No, he lets you have it. It's Yes, but he wants you to have peace because, you know, when you start thinking my car, my everything, well, then you start losing control of it because you stopped entrusting him with it. Mm -hmm. You stopped using it for kingdom purposes. You started using it for just you, for your agenda. Mm -hmm. And that's, friends, I know there's a bunch of you out there listening. You don't have peace about something. Well, I'm I'm a born again believer, right? You might be. But have you really been trusting the Lord? For those of you who are not believers in Jesus, you have not given your life to Jesus. And I'm not just talking about the label called Christian. That's gotten to where it doesn't really mean much anymore. Oh, do you want to be a Christian? It doesn't seem to mean much anymore. So I'm going to say this. Have you given your life to Jesus? That's what I'm going to say. I'm not just going to slap a label. Have you made Jesus your Lord and said, yes, I'm a sinner. I messed up. I'm sorry. Please fix my life. Give me eternal life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And then trust him with it. Right. That's what we're trying to say. We're trying to proclaim peace. And in John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. My peace, not, not some other peace. He noticed he said my peace, the peace that I have, he says, hmm. my peace, I give to you. It means you didn't have to earn it. He ought, he's going to give it to you free. And then he says, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Friend, you're afraid about something. Some of you listen to me, you're thinking, man, I just nailed it with you. No, I did not. The Word of God did. Yes. You are troubled, and here's why. Because you're not 
partaking of the righteousness of Jesus Christ because you will not let him. You're not trusting him. You think God, you literally think that God cannot fix your issues and you're trying to do it yourself. My friends, hear me. Here's what I would do if I was you. I would let go of it and say, God, deal with this. I can't. God, please help me. This is too big for me. I blew it. I I messed up. And now I'm in trouble deeper than I know how to get out of. Lord, will you please take over and fix my life? Forgive me. I caused it. I know I caused it. I'm the one that's to blame. I'm the one at fault. But you died and paid the penalty for me. You paid the price. It's like I went into a china shop and went crazy and broke everything in the china shop. And it's my mm-hmm. fault. I broke it all and mm-hmm. I know it. Now I owe this huge debt and I can't afford it. But Jesus came in and says, I'll pay this bill. And he paid for it. And friend, he paid for it on the cross. You've got to entrust yourself to that. He has dealt with it. He had already, It's already been dealt with already. Right. And your problems may not just go away, but for you who are believers, you need to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. He said persecution will come. You want to lay down and sleep at night? You want to be rid of this this strain and have peace? Turn it over to the Lord. There is an effect of righteousness that will bring you peace. Do you have it? If the answer is no, something's wrong. Something's wrong. But I'm a saved believer. Okay, but something's wrong in your trust. You're not fully, you haven't fully opened up the tap of his righteousness. You know, Mike, when I, sometimes when I turn on the tap to shave or something, I, I don't like all the hot. I have to put on some cold too. <laughs> uh-huh. I mix, I mix them. And so friends, you're put, you're turning on two taps. You can't do that. You can't turn on your own tab and the Lord's tap. You need to turn your tap off and you need to turn his on and it be all about the righteousness of Christ. Cause really you have nothing that comes out of your tap of righteousness. When you turn it on, nothing comes out. That's where we are lacking. Friend, give your life to Jesus Christ. And you know, Ray, you're talking about the trouble that's caused by our own sin, our own trusting in ourselves, not trusting in the Lord. You know, there's, and unfortunately, the, that, because we are, the structure of the family and the way things are, the sins of others actually will cause trouble in our lives too. So I just wanted to encourage all of you that, we realize that there's troubles and, and problems in your life that you're not directly responsible for. We're not saying that every single problem in your life is your fault. That's not true. But still, the same promise remains that Jesus left his peace with you, not as the world gives. But he said, even though there are sins and problems in the world and troubles that are you're not responsible for, nor you can necessarily change, he says, I leave my peace with you. And do not be afraid. Amen. He leaves his peace. You know, uh, I'm kind of was thinking about what you were just saying there. There's a there's a long ter- period of my life where I thought every bad thing that ever happened to me was completely my fault. Mm-hmm. And there's some things I did that propagated some of some things it was not. And friend, one friends, one one of the things I'm trying to say is that you may be faulting yourself. Well, I deserve this. I deserve this. Well, let me tell you. Yes, you do. You absolutely do deserve it. And so do I. I deserve every bit of condemnation that I would have coming to me. Mm -hmm. But this is to further accent the love of Jesus Christ. Even though we deserved it, he didn't want you to take it. Right. And he came and paid it anyway. Yes, Mm -hmm. you deserve it. See, that's why he said, I don't give as the world gives to you, because what the world would say is, look, you caused it. You deal with it. Mm -hmm. 
Jesus is saying, you caused it. I will deal with it. I'll pay it. Let right. him deal with it. Right. Friend, let him take it. He died. He didn't die on the cross for nothing. He died on the cross for you. Let him take it. He's already been through it. Let him have it. And so we want to leave you with the gospel. We want to leave you with the good news because we are proclaiming peace. And the gospel is this. We messed up. Jesus came to pay for it. And we need to turn it over to him. That's pretty much it. Without getting deeply theological and throwing a million verses at you and, and, and telling you a bunch of doctrinal stuff, basically the gospel is this. We messed up. He loved us and came to save us. That's pretty much the whole thing. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. And Mike, I was telling a guy recently about the gospel, and he looked at the scripture, and he goes, that's too easy. Mm-hmm. He, could, he, could, he couldn't believe it. Right. And he said he was a Christian. And mm-hmm. it's like, this is the first time he ever saw it. That's too easy. Mike, is it really that easy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it offends, it offends the thought that we have to earn something. I've got to do something. Right. It has to be something of myself. Surely I have to do that, part that, of this. That's what faith is. Faith is... My dad loves me, he's providing for me, and he made a way to me to be accepted to him. That's faith. Yeah. That's that he loves you like that. Yes, he does. Perfectly, without motivation of, you know, uh, something sinister or evil or, or, or uh, prideful. It's that I love you. I created you. I love you. And I want you to be restored to me. So I'm going to make a way for it. Mike, one time I was at the city pool and I saw this toddler standing on the edge of the pool, and Dad was standing in the shallow side, and he had his arms out saying, come on, jump. And the kid didn't want to do it. So Dad put floaties, those little blow-up things on his arms. Uh-huh. He put floaties on the kid's arms and says, now, come on. And he, he wasn't even 12 inches away, mm-hmm. not far at all. He just wanted the kid to just kind of jump to him, and the kid just wouldn't do it. He was afraid that dad's great, big, strong, wide arms was not capable of catching Mm -hmm. him. Right. And he just wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And so, friends, some of you are in that place in life right now. You know you need to do something. And God is standing right there saying, come on, let's go. Give it to me. And Mm -hmm. for some reason, you just won't do it. You got these floaties on. God has given you promises. So he put floaties on your arms. I promise that if you give it to me, I will take care of it. You will not go under. I'll, I got you. Uh, keep you afloat. But for some reason, you just don't think that the almighty God of the entire universe is capable of handling your situation. Mm-hmm. Friend, it's time for you to just jump. It's time for you to just turn it over to the Lord God. Let him have it. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for those of you who are listening today. They don't have peace, and they don't know where am I going to get it from. That Lord, you work on them, that they finally understand. They get it through Jesus Christ. Lord God, communicate to that to them. It is beyond my ability by mere words to do. That they turn their life over to you as Lord and Savior, and they give their life to you, and they say, I am sorry. I messed up. I sinned. I'm a sinner all the way. I deserve every wrong thing, every bit of condemnation. I, I, I'm i the one that did it. I caused the damage. And forgive me. Thank you for paying my way. And because you did, I'll give my life to you. You, you more than deserve that, Lord God, because you are king. Forgive me for what I have done against you in your name. And I thank you for being my Lord and Savior. Take over, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mike, do you think people can have peace with that? Yes. And it's a place of rest. Another word that uh, the scriptures use is to rest in the Lord. 
For those of you who are tired, you're fatigued, you're worn out, you're burned out, you're depressed, there is rest in the Lord. It's the same as finding that peace, finding a place of rest in Him that's, that the world does not offer. And friends, the word says that uh, two or more witnesses have to establish a matter. You've got two guys here, me, Ray and Mike. We're both telling you the same thing. It is a true thing. And we have also shown you in God's word that you can trust in the Lord God for this. And so, Mike, do you think they can believe in this? Definitely. It's, it's definitely true stuff. Guys, I hope you do. Hope you give your life to Lord Jesus Christ. If you do, go to setforliferadio.com. Drop me a message and let me know if, uh, how we've helped you. We'd love to hear from you. And I want you to know that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set.